0: Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick message from my sponsor, Cloudways. Cloudways has a managed cloud hosting platform that simplifies your web hosting experience. The platform allows businesses to focus on their growth and have complete peace of mind with 24-7 support and flexibility to scale. Can we just say support is hugely important when it comes to hosting? And thanks to Cloudways, they are offering an exclusive discount for the Kim Doyle Show listeners. Visit cloudways.com and use the promo code Kim20 to get 20% off for two months on the hosting plan of your choice. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. Today, I'm a little bit hyper, guys. I've had a lot of coffee, so (laughs) today's going to be fun. Today, we're going to talk about creating your own niche. Niche, niche, we're not going to go there. I say niche, so be it. Um, And that it is brave and courageous what's stopping you. And I promise this is not just going to be an argument for or against niches. So uh, without further ado, we'll jump into it. And just as a little side note, guys, if you've not checked out F the Hustle, uh, just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F, the letter F, the hustle. And the newsletter Uh, Issue 13 came out today, still obsessed with newsletters, still think there's a huge opportunity for the next few years with this. Uh, But today, I just want to share briefly, um, I talked about something about uh, resistance. I talked about something about resistance. I talked about resistance. And you guys have probably heard the phrase, what you resist will persist. And I was referencing that. I first heard that from my therapist. And excuse me, it's very applicable in business as well as life. And the examples I gave were, you know, uh, as an example, email marketing, you don't do email marketing because you don't think you're good at it. You don't like your writing, blah, 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 whatever. A year goes by and your email list is barely grown and nor have your sales. Same thing with content or, with selling and making offers. The resistance piece comes in. And if you've not read Stephen Pressfield's um I don't know if it was in Turning Pro or War of Art, both are brilliant books. But resistance is just part of the process. And <clears throat> I, I, I read something else the other day that said procrastination isn't necessarily laziness. It's fear though. We you know, we procrastinate when something feels big or hard or we're not familiar with it. So I'm sharing this with you because this is the last week in January of 2021 already. And I don't know about you, but I feel like time is flying, which I just keep hoping it means we're closer to, you know, the world opening up again, but whatever. And so the point of today's episode is not as much about the niche as what gets in our own way and what is stopping us. Uh, it, It tends to be us, right? But if you've been in the online space for any length of time at some point or another, no doubt you have heard or read or been told that you need to niche down. Now, as someone who hasn't totally done this, and I might, that might sound kind of contrary because I've, I, you know, as a WordPress chick, I went and all in with WordPress. So that's a niche, but I, I kind of break it down to sort of this umbrella market, which would have been WordPress. And now I, I talk about content marketing, but I I think that the other side of this is drilling down and who you serve and, and who you help kind of thing. So anyways, but what, what I've been excited about is that I've seen a couple of articles recently um, that go against this age old advice. And so I'm going to start by saying, you don't necessarily need to be a generalist either. I'm saying, create your own niche. And I get it guys that I was trying to come up with something super random story in terms of if if there's that argument that if something doesn't exist is there a demand for it and then there's the other side of it is it does it not exist because people don't know they need it kind of thing like as an example let's look at i always use the example of the beverage industry like how many more types of beverages do we need but yet they keep hitting the marketplace Obviously, we all need to drink and consume food because obviously there is like protein shakes and meal uh, replacements and all of that, and it's all based on like hardcore nutrition and biohacking,
1: whatever you want to call it.
0: But I, I think there is a way to make this easier on yourself because I think people try to. Um, it just this gets too hard, so. As an example, back in the day when I was creating websites for clients, I never niched down. I also never advertised or marketed my services, which I am not telling you is a smart strategy. I simply didn't want to be doing that work. So I just let it sort of unfold and see what showed up for a whole other story, maybe. And it, one thing, I just kept going, you guys. I will definitely say that there's a tenacity in me. And I, I definitely have found a sweet spot, but... I don't know that I've actually nailed it yet, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I think that, think about it this way. So I was thinking about authors, right? Like I read a lot, um, nonfiction, and I read way more nonfiction than I read fiction. But I was thinking about novelists. Like they just feel inspired to create a story, they don't niche down. And yes, that might be, you might be thinking, well, do they write romance or mystery or whatever? I get all that. But they really write because they're inspired and they've got a story they want to tell. And I would love to see people market and build brands and create from that place first is, I guess, my argument in rel- in relation to this whole niche thing. Um, but before we get too deep in this episode, I do think it's also worth noting that if you are in a niche, now I, I, I want to say niche now, of course, right? And it's working for you, then fantastic. I'm not saying that it doesn't work. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because I can give you plenty of great examples where it does. As an example, I've got uh, a friend, Tess Whitler. What's up, Tess? Um, she's in the building and construction industry in terms of marketing and content writing. And, and she's created a really solid and growing business in a very specific niche. However, and it's funny, I'll, I should go back and ask her. I know I've heard her uh, origin story before. But I don't think she went looking for a niche, found that space, and going to fill it." Issues in that industry, fell in love with marketing and marketing, but... But I was listening to a podcast with um, Sam Parr, who is the creator of the Hustle newsletter, which has like 2 million subscribers now. And it's so funny that I have a newsletter called F the Hustle, which has nothing to do with that newsletter. It truly is the, the hustle culture. But anyway, I was listening to him and... He said, I, I just, he would write every day. He said, if I were to start a business today, a blog, a brand, whatever, he said, I would write every single day. I'd write a blog post and I'd create content. And the point being, he said, I never did keyword research. I just wrote, I figured out what was interesting, what wasn't. And so the ranking thing matters, but I'm going to tell you, and I believe this with every ounce of my being, that when you write something, record video, podcast, whatever, when you create something that comes from a place of intention and serving and, and you do it with, I don't to say passion, but you do it for the right reasons. There's an audience out there. You uh, do you have to make sure they find it? Yeah. And that's obviously where SEO comes into play, but guys, I mean it. Some of the episodes or posts that I've written that resonated the most with people had zero search value, none, but it connected with my audience. Okay. And rant. What I am saying it's is that it's brilliant to create and publish from a different place. If I don't feel inspired with what I'm doing, it's simply not going to work. You know, this this episode of creating your own niche and having the courage and the bravery to do so was inspired by two articles I read where where both authors, I read them both on Medium, um, you know, just they think it's and, and I'm gonna talk about one of them, one of the articles specifically, but They both have grown businesses without it. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's very interesting. Jody and I were talking the other day about um, video. She's done a a new type of content for us. I guess we have had a YouTube channel from day one, but have not pursued it at all. But she took sort of um, a handful of content, put it into one piece how do I say this? I'm not explaining this very well at all. But basically, she created a slide deck and pulled important pieces about goal setting from different posts that we'd written on the site. Um, I think it's stuff that she's written, actually, and put it into a video where she narrated she had slides, then she did a little talking head. And we were so we were talking about video. And I think I read something the other day that said video requires you know, it's like 400 plus videos in order to get a thousand subscribers, and I loved this. That Jody said, "What if they're wrong? What if it's five good videos?" So I think we've all bought into all of these rules, and this works and that works, and there is evidence to support all of those rules. But that doesn't mean you can't create a new rule. Is my point? All right, so let's talk about this this whole niche thing, shall we? First. Let's differentiate who we serve from the niche. So when you're creating your customer avatar with demographics and psychographics, you do want to get specific. Whether or not that ends up being exactly who you serve isn't the point. So meaning, let's say I were to tell you that my target audience is female between 35 and 60, who has an online business, and they're looking to stop trading time for money. In other words, even if they love the service work they're doing, they want some leverage. So my psychographics are clear. They're self-responsible, willing to do the work, and are non-judgmental, right? So as I start, I've given you the demographics, and then I've given you the psychographics. Does that mean I don't work with men? Absolutely not. Or that I don't work with someone outside of that age, age range? Absolutely not. What it does do is that it helps me get crystal clear on my messaging and who I'm talking to when I create content or copy, you know, including email. When I was in the WordPress space, my audience was pretty split 50 50 between men and women. Um, you know, because the thing is, it also depends. How do I say this? Like, I remember my therapist saying you're kind of androgynous. And I was like, "Ah." I have a very strong masculine side as well. Right. And so I'm not, um, I don't know how to say this without it coming across wrong, but I'm not. I I, anyways, we'll just leave it at that. I have a strong masculine side as well. That's all. It does not mean I'm not feminine or, you know, female, any of those. It just means anyways, Kim's going to shut up because I don't know how to wrap that up with a bow. That doesn't sound weird. So a lot of the content I talk about though is genderless, shall we say, right? But I do know as my brand has shifted more into the personal space, the personal brand, I am more women are drawn to me. Um, I definitely have male coaching clients that I've worked with. But as an example, I did an offer for the focus sessions uh, over black Friday, cyber Monday. And I I think I had 10 people sign up and it was one male. So what does that tell you? So be it. Anyway, I don't have the current data on this right now in terms of my audience, the gender split. But again, I can tell you that more women purchase for me than men in terms of coaching services. Courses, eh, I don't, I think it's probably pretty split. But in a recent article by Nicholas Cole, this is one of the articles I was talking to you about, and it's linked in the show notes. He said, creators who stand out don't quote unquote, find their niche. The reason why is hidden in the phrase above. Finding your niche is another way of saying, figuring out where you fit in and people who stand out don't fit in anywhere which is the whole reason why they capture and keep people's attention. They're different. And really, I mean, one of my favorite lines from that article titled Find, Finding Your Niche, or Find Your Niche is Terrible Advice, is this. In short, it encourages a mindset of competition. Guys, how much time do you waste paying attention to the competition? And I'm not talking about research. There's a big difference between looking at what other people are doing and doing research versus never pulling the trigger because someone else launched an idea you had, or someone else like beat you to it is what you think. Do you know what I'm saying? Like as I have gotten into this crazy obsession with newsletters and I'm still so in the research compiling, reading and stuff. And I have pulled the trigger on a newsletter. I'm not saying that, but in terms of now, okay, what do I do with with scaling and growth and all of that? Here's something very fascinating that I noticed is I have another side project that will be launched through this brand that has to do with email marketing. And I'll talk about it on another episode. But it was really, really interesting to me, as I was doing this research that I cannot find. And if you know of somebody, please, by all means, share who they are with me, but there are a lot of men and guys, this is not about a gender thing or male, female at all. But it was just fascinating. So there are not a lot of women who focus on email marketing. There are a boatload of female copywriting people, right? People. <laughs> Why are we talking like I'm seven? Anyways, there are a lot of women out there who are brilliant copywriters, Jonah Weeb, you know, people that I follow that are writers, but they haven't niched into email marketing is my point. Whereas there is no shortage of men who have focused on email marketing. Um, I have theories on that and maybe I'll talk about it in another episode, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. It really, really is. So, you know, as I've been going down this road, um, I'm just kind of making note of things because the truth is we can all go down that rabbit hole of FOMO, right? Where we start comparing what we're doing or how other people are doing it. Thank you, social media. Um, And then we create stories in our head. Well, let's say, okay, I'm just going to, clearly I'm in an example and storytelling mood today, but let's say Amy Porterfield talks about list building But Amy Porterfield is not like quote unquote known for email marketing. She started as a Facebook person and then, you know, she's done webinars and courses and she's got a handful of things. She kind of covers a lot of those bases. But I I think that um, if, if she came out with something on email marketing, would that prevent me from creating a course or doing something around email marketing? Absolutely not. But it would be very easy to be like, wow, she's big. She's got a huge audience, blah, blah, blah. I should or shouldn't. There just comes a point where you have to tune it out. So here's another mind bending question, in my humble opinion. Where do you think you would be today if you had simply launched or created the thing you wanted to create as opposed to judging yourself because you hadn't gotten specific enough? You guys, I believe with every ounce of my being, that we get clarity through the doing. You can plan, you can research, you can have sessions with people, you can hire coaches, all of those things. You can do all of that. But you need the data, you need to deploy it. And you need to look at what worked, what didn't you have to pull the trigger. And rant. Uh, but before I go too much further with this, let me be clear that uh, and clarify that you do still have to be crystal clear on the problem you're solving and, you know, knowing who you're talking to. So let's take my latest obsession again with newsletters. Uh, in the last two months, I've coached people in a handful of different industries, most of them, not all of them. I recommended launching a newsletter. Why? Because they all had a common need. And you guys, when I talk about different industries, so... Um, you know, one was I had worked with Tess with construction, um, somebody else in the web design and print design all in that industry, somebody else that we, uh, a therapist I've talked to, I've got a session next week with a photographer. I talked to, um, somebody who is, has, is going to be launching a newsletter in sort of genealogy, ancestry, preserving family memories, that type of thing. My point, those are, those are very different industries, all of them. However, I just believe that the, they, their common need is that they need to grow a quality list of subscribers. They need to provide value to their audience and they need to sell more through email marketing, right? Hence, I didn't niche down. Do you see what I'm saying? And maybe I'm completely contradicting myself with this and do not understand the niche thing. To the degree that I should. But all I'm telling you is what works, what I've seen working, what I do. Um, but really, the solution was a newsletter because it's also content. I didn't decide that I was only going to help female bloggers who X, you know, do this or that, or only help freelance cr- content writers. Easy for me to say. See what I mean? So the book, Blue Ocean Strategy, goes deeper into this entire philosophy. And without going into the book, here's the tagline to give you enough to pause maybe, to think twice about how you're doing things. So the tagline for Blue Ocean Strategy is how to create uncontested market space and make the competition irrelevant. So what do you do instead? Again, I'm not saying you don't get clear on who you serve and the problems they have. Um, but you know, I've often referred to work I'm going to talk about as the intangible sort of the behind the scenes work. So this is that stuff that seems to be a sticking point for a lot of people where they will have their, they know what they do. And let me see if I can pick a niche so we can do this sort of live. Um, okay. Let, let's just, I'll just, because I did it for so long, but the, the web design industry, right? So If you take that space, and you know, you build websites, and you and there's a lot of web people out there that don't niche down and they have very successful agencies and whatnot. However, the harder part of this, so you you obviously need to get clear on who you serve and the problems you solve. But that's just one part of the process. The harder part is how you define all this. In other words, your messaging. I've always been a figure it out as I go kind of person, but that's really only going to get you so far. At some point, you have to do the work. So if you've not looked, I recently changed the homepage on my site. And I even have to pull it up for me to reiterate the tagline I've used. And it was very generic before digital content strategy business. It was just meh, whatever. So I'm going to tell you now what the homepage says. It says, are you stuck in the time for money trap? I'm Kim Doyle. I help business owners get clarity, develop a strategy and plan out their next steps to create leverage, leverage and increase profits in their business. Very clear. And then I say, create the quality of life you want through a business you love. And then I've got my lead magnet but you guys, I've really had to dig into this. Oh my gosh. I've written it out so many times and I've done a session with a friend and I'm seriously thinking of reaching out to somebody else. I know to to dial this in even deeper, see if I can do like a one-off session with her because next month I'm going to be opening up um, a brand new coaching program. It's called just show up insiders. It's a private six month group coaching and mastermind I've outlined the six months in terms of content and deliverables on my end, how the calls are going to be structured, who I want to work with and how I can help. Here's the do the work part. Defining all that and then being able to communicate it in a way that connects with who I'm serving and then inspires them to buy. That is the real work. And the truth is that takes massive patience and diligence specifically, it was writing out the who and the what, right, then taking that and then you go deeper. Sometimes it's painful. Other times it flows and is easy. I don't force things when it feels like I'm stuck. But more often than not, getting started is what is most painful. And what that means for me is I shut down distractions. If I have a framework, um, I map it out. But I'll have done some research, and then I start playing with it, whether it's, you know, copy, and usually this, all of this stuff isn't copywriting per se, but there's a lot of copy frameworks that will help you get clear on that. There's a handful of books and stuff also, but it's really trying to understand when you know someone's pain point. And this is a a hat tip to Michelle Hunter out there, Michelle Hunter creative, who I was thinking of contacting. It's the one statement, and I remember doing a live stream with her, she said, it's the so that statement. I help entrepreneurs do X so that I help, you know, female business owners do this so that right. So it's what is the result for that person. And it's so much easier to see that for other people when you're in it, when you're in your own head, it just gets like, I don't don't know, I end up feeling, um, so boring, you know, and there is this level of me that I want to be different. I would to be different, right? Like it's the just show up. Everything is content. F the hustle. I love all of those fun things, but that doesn't necessarily convey. I still have to be able to convey what it is I do, who I help and the problems I solve. And that's, that's tough guys. <laughs> like, I just think it's, um, it can be challenging after I've started that part, I then start turning it into a headline and using a framework. And I have this sales page framework that I use for a lot of things now, as it addresses a lot of the things that I'm trying to get clear on um, in order to help me dial that down more. And um, it was, it's not my sales framework, a sales page framework, it's someone else's. And That was shared in a group. And I don't know that I have permission to share it or that it's public, but reach out to me and I will find out if if you're looking. I I literally use it all the time now. Um, And then what I do after that is then I ask a friend to go over it with me. And having that extra set of eyes from someone who knows me and is willing to give me constructive feedback is priceless. And that's the key the constructive feedback. You need somebody. You need that second pair of eyes to be able to look at it, know what you're wanting to accomplish the audience you serve. Like it can't just be in a, op- well, it's obviously it's an opinion, but it really needs to be somebody who understands how to delve a little bit deeper because this entire process is about communicating how and why they should work with me. So in other words, circling back again to the problems I can help them solve. Now let's go back to niching here. And maybe I'm just all over the board guys, and I apologize if I am, but I just see so many people getting stuck and trying to fit into a box as opposed to building their own box. The purpose of this episode is hopefully to get you out of your head and into production mode. If you have a niche and you love it and it serves you, by all means, continue with what you're doing. This is certainly not an argument against having a niche, right? Or, or niching down or whatever you want to call it. But I do agree with Nicholas Cole that finding your niche is terrible advice. And I think it's important to remember that you're going to course correct. Excuse me. I probably should not drink bubbly water <laughs> recording. You know, I, I think that going out, looking for a place to fit in is a very backwards approach. And I'm a big believer in backing into things. Um, but finding where you fit in versus getting started so many people, true story, guys, I have a friend that has a handful of different interests. And I've talked about her before. Um, she was interested in starting an online business when I launched mine in 2008, we had gone to the same seminar in San Francisco, it was a wealth expo. (laughs) And I've told this story before that Trump Kiyosaki and Tony Robbins for the keynote speakers. And it was on real estate, but it was like, you know, they well, they have all those breakout sessions. So we had gone to a breakout session on internet marketing. And I already heard a little bit about it. Anyways, we were in the same boat at the same time. And to this day, she has no business. And because there's learning curves with tech and all that stuff. And I did take to all of this, like a duck to water, but at some point you have to pull the trigger. And I built five, six websites for her and, and not a blog post was ever published. So you have to be willing this, this preachy do the work. I don't mean it to come across that way, but until you sit down to do the creation and hit publish and do it again and do it again and do it again. And especially today, you know, I, I think it probably was a lot easier for content to get discovered in 2008 than it is today. Well, and what do I know? I'm not an SEO expert, but there's a whole lot more content online. Twelve years later, almost th- oh hi thirteen. We're in 2021, Kim. Um, but you know, one of the reasons I read so much content online is that I get excited every time I see a new way of doing something that's been around for a while. And I, I think it's important to remember that with more people trying to find their way online, the biggest differentiator we have is who we are. And what you bring to the table—it's, you know—I I think my podcast, why it blew my business up, is that I people could connect with me. They heard my sense of humor, my, you know, my laugh, my heartache, my t- whatever it was that I shared, and how I shared it connected with people. So there were other people talking about WordPress, and, and much better than I was, right? Because I'm not a coder or developer never claimed to be one. But the point is it was who I am that resonated and then it starts building on itself. But um, you know, I recently shared an article about going back to um, the way things are being done changing is this is another article I shared in F the hustle. If you've not signed up, do so. Um, but it was about this uh, YouTube guy, Mr. Beast. Have you heard of him? I've not watched him. Truth but he's blown up this guy. I have no idea. Um, I think Noah Kagan of AppSumo did a whole in-depth study of this guy and how he blew up his YouTube channel. But here's the cool thing. So the article I shared was how this guy and he's in his early twenties, I believe maybe younger. Um, but he launched a 300 location burger chain in a single day with something called virtual concept dining. What? What the heck is virtual concept dining? Never heard of it. But it's the idea of when you've got the audience, I I think, and I'm I could totally be botching this, but basically it's you go and you partner with existing restaurants who could use the business too. It's like a win-win. But the point is, like, did you have you ever heard of virtual concept dining? And he did this in a day. He's got an audience. It's just I love that there's new ways of doing things. And as much as I probably seem like I was ranting against clubhouse, what, Hey, it's some, it's new. Let's see what happens. I'm curious to see, you know, what Facebook is going to do to compete with that or buy it or whatever, because we know somebody's going to buy something. Although Facebook is getting sued to be broken up um, by the U S government, but that's neither here nor there. I just, I think it's really cool. Being the low price leader, adding features and benefits to something that already exists really isn't enough anymore. And quite frankly, it sounds uninspiring, to say the least. Now, let's flip that just for a second, because, of course, there is the old adage of there's no such thing as a new idea. And so you can take a new spin on it, which look at poor Airbnb. And I'm not talking about the company owner or whatever, but the pandemic pandemic has hurt them. Um, or let's look at what Uber's done to the taxi industry. I think we're going to see much more of that. I I just, I love there's something about disruption and maybe it just speaks to the times we're living in of the old school way of doing things that uh, took care of a few. I I just, I think it's fantastic. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and move on. So the point with all of this also is that you do need to have courage And it is brave. It's brave to stand up there and take a different stance on something like these two articles going against the whole niche thing. When every other voice out there, I'm exaggerating is telling you that you have to niche down and that is the only way to succeed. When you have people who have hit a certain level of success, telling you this is how they did it. You think that's the only path. I mean, let's look at, this is my favorite thing. I'm recording this the day after, and I'm going to probably botch the story, but by now you guys have probably heard this of the people on subreddit on a subreddit who actually blew up GameStop and AMC's stock prices. And then it hurt some traditional hedge funds, but they blew them up overnight. And I love the fact that wall street got their ass handed to them for lack of a better term. (laughs) Um, I am all about opportunity and capitalism. I really am. But I just, I, I dig it. I dig that people are thinking outside of the box. And so that's what this is about. It's about having the courage and the bravery to go, ah, I'm, we're going to do things different. And you keep at it, right? And I know that there's milestones and measuring. Is this working? Is that not working? But oftentimes, people throw out the baby with the bathwater. They, they give up on something. When certain pieces of it worked. Okay. How can you, how can you tweak that? Think, look at it this way. Look at content. Maybe you had a piece of content that did really well. Have you gone back and changed the headline or updated it instead of reinventing everything all the time? Most things work. And we're going to talk about that in a second. It's just a matter of making it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, like going back and revisiting it or trying a different promotion strategy or. Do you know what I'm saying? Here, here's another um, example. So Jody and I have, it's, we've had a hard time with um, Facebook ads in terms of just recovering and getting the right message and audience out there. And I was saying to her, like we've done new copy, we've done some new targeting, we're going to test some verticals. But I thought I said the other day that I think we need to spice this up a little bit and coming from the place of so many people when, in marketing don't you've heard that message of don't be smarmy how to sell without being salesy I'm that's tired to me too to be honest with you there there's psychology behind why people take action of course you have to be in alignment with who you are like take a stand and I feel that very strongly I'm going to do that with my like I'm taking a stand on this whole be seen everywhere there are only so many friggin hours in the day And if something you're doing and you've done consistently isn't working, isn't generating revenue, put more time and energy into something that is, is working. Like let's look at social media since we're on the topic of it. Not really, but my rants, um, I've got a Facebook group. I'm going to give it the old college, try and reboot it and reorganize a little bit. And if it does not start driving specific traffic and sales that I know are coming from that group, why on earth would I be maintaining it? Because there's a vanity metric attached to it. You know, that that's kind of my point. Anyway, I am kind of ranty today. I think the caffeine is really kicked in. And also like a post that would or an episode that would normally be an hour is not going to be because I'm just, I don't know, a little bit amped up. But you know, last year was challenging for all of us. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just I'm ready to mix things up. I am so ready for some changes. Um, And as hard as last year was, I had probably the three years before that were personally really challenging. I lost my mom. Like I've said, some stuff with my son was really tough in high school, you know, on the other side of all of that intensity. But I don't know, this past year, having been in Idaho now. I cannot believe this almost a full year. And as much as I have, you know, stated I'm not staying, it's gonna be a few more months at least, probably summer before I pick up and move just because my intention is to move out of the country. And so that's a bit bigger move than out of this, you know, different state, but I, it, it's just hard to believe. But this last year has been so healing for me personally. Um, and I feel a new sense of excitement brewing, and I'm sure and I'm not going to get into politics, but after the inauguration, I just feel a sense of hope again, especially in the United States and it just ah, I feel change in the air, so I have made a few content predictions lately, but beyond content, I think there's some new marketing opportunities um as well, which there always are, and these are. I don't know, maybe these are going to be boring because, you know, it's interesting. I had done, um, a content predictions post on content Creator planner. And someone said, Oh, this would have been more helpful if you had get, told us how to do each of these things. I'm like, well, that wasn't the purpose of the post. And this is going to tie into a prediction about gated content. Um, but you get to decide how much you're giving away and what you want to charge for. That's neither here nor there, but, Let's differentiate also between strategies and tactics because I think it's important to remember strategies are being able to copywriting is a strategy, being able to sell, being able how to put together an offer. All of those are strategies, how you can com- communicate all of that. I don't know what is up with <laughs> my voice, not wanting to complete a sentence, but um, you know, tactics are, I think, clubhouse, I would consider a tactic. It's a platform, but it's a new tactic for doing the same thing. You have to get the customers, you need to get leads, you need to drive business. Okay, so let's jump into I've only got a few of these. But I think what's old is new again. So that's the first thing. The bottom line with marketing, and I believe this with every ounce of my being, is that everything works if you do the work, whether it's webinars, live streams, email marketing, podcasting, blog posts, they all work. You just need to be willing to be consistent and put in the time. So, again, like let's look at newsletters. Newsletters were the thing. Does anybody else remember the term easing that Allie Brown? She was the easing queen, right? Her business has pivoted a tad. But easings, it was a digital newsletter and it, they were so, that model was very different than what we see today. So, there's a new spin on it. So, the opportunity, with any of those things is how can you do it differently? What unique spin can you bring to a methodology that is proven to work? One thing I've been watching and I listened to Rick Mulready in the art of online business. I think that's the name of his podcast. It used to be the art of online paid traffic or something. Anyway, I like him a lot and I'm in a Facebook group of his and um, he has, we've all heard of the product launch formula, right? Which was Jeff Walker's product launch formula. (laughs) for videos, you know, launch is coming. So, Rick has done something where he does a live launch with live streams and does it as he goes, and it's a different model. So, launching is not new, live streaming is not new, but he's taken a different angle on it. And so, that's what I'm saying. Can you look at webinars? What's a different way you could do a webinar? You know, email marketing, like I, whatever that it. Maybe you send an email every day at 5 p.m. I, I, whatever it is, <clears throat> but I do think there is sort of this. What's old is new again with a new spin on it. (coughs) Sorry, guys. I've literally been on permanent allergies (laughs) since I moved to Idaho. Another reason this climate is not for me. All right. Another one. Wow. I just took a sip of my water and splashed it in my eye. New ways to connect and build community. So things feel like they're settling down a bit. Um, in the social sphere, for lack of a better term, now that the US elections are over, we've had the inauguration. And I'm sure I can speak for many people in that I am totally craving more human connection. Like, man, you know, new relationships, connecting with old friendships, relationships, forming new communities, etc. So with the onset of new platforms like Circle, You see a lot of the course platforms doing more forums. Um, Think about where you can build your community as someone who has a Facebook group and has gotten much more diligent about shutting Facebook. um, So I'm not, you know, stuck in the scroll, but um, where do people want to be? I I think there's an opportunity for creating a community of supportive and like-minded people on a platform that you choose. I, I do believe they'll go there when you, create something that people want to be a part of, I don't know that they care where they go anymore, right? There was a, oh, I don't want to log into one more thing. Now I think there's much more of a um, desire to not be on Facebook, not be on social, and it has nothing to do with being anti any of those things. It's just, we need a break. I was watching a video this morning with Jim Quick, um, who is, and it's Quick, K-W-I-K, if you want to look him up, but Jim Quick talking about um, he teaches speed reading, but he was talking about our attention. And he said, the worst thing you can do is look at your phone first thing in the morning because you are training your brain to be reactive. And I was like, Oh goodness. <laughs> so goal. Um, but it's really, you know, paying attention to where we put our time and energy. Okay. So my last little prediction, this is not like a full on predictions post guys. These are just a couple places. Few, I guess I have three. That would be, I see opportunities. The last one is gated content business owners are going to be much more selective about what they give away. There is a certain strategy to creating quality content that engages your audience without giving away the farm, so to speak. And again, let's look at newsletters. There are lots of businesses growing a paid newsletter and this is the um, wide versus deep methodology, right? Where you can go wide and build an audience and charge 10, 15, 20 bucks, whatever. Now there are obviously newsletters out there that are more, that are, hundred dollars. There are newsletters that probably cost a few hundred dollars and really targeted, um, niches. <laughs> That's funny. I just got myself in that, but you know, so the price point in this space, so it's, it's low. And I think that whether it is, if you want to read the rest of this article, here's another example. Um, there's a set called newsletter crew, C R E W. Um, talks all about newsletters. There's a podcast, but he does have a community and, he had done an interview with Sam Parr of The Hustle and the part two. If you wanted part two, it was protected for members only. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. This idea that we just create content and give it away or the example that I gave of the predictions post. I thought, so I'm supposed to create an, enti- first of all, a prediction post is simply an opinion piece, right? But no, I'm I'm so past and here's how to do everything you need to do. If you want to learn how to do it, you can pay me. <laughs> you know, there. I think we're going to see much more of a shift to that. It's not sustainable. This create for free for the rest of our lives. And then we offer a course. I, I, anyways, I do believe there is um, going to be more opportunities for gated content, paid content. And I think we're going to see that come up. And the opportunity truly is, it could be a newsletter, it could be a monthly audio subscription, a video subscription, or a community. Look at the models that you pay for, and then pay attention to what inspires you. What do you like? The example I gave of the audio, again, I'm a huge podcast listener. I love audiobooks. And there is um, a spiritual community that I was paying for. They used to do live workshops, and now they're doing it all virtually. But I was paying $24.95 for two... Um, they were about an hour and a half to 90 minute audios a month. Loved it. Loved it. You guys, you get to decide, figure out where you enjoy being, what you enjoy doing, and then back into it that way. So, you know, I know some of those might not be the hacks and tips and tricks you're looking for. Um, and I have to tell you when I was writing that, I totally thought about, um, these aren't the droids you're looking for. And I'm not a total Star Wars nut, but I do like them. Um, But to quote myself, this shit works. (laughs) All of this stuff works. It's, I'm not one to quote Tony Robbins very often either, but I remember him saying, gosh, it's, it stuck with me. Early twenties. He said, repetition is the mother of skill. We know that consistency matters online and it's just test, tweak, course correct, test, tweak, correct. Right. I mean, just keep at it. So you know, go deep on the mask, go deep on mastery of your subject, whatever it is. <clears throat> create quality content, spend more time promoting than you do creating. And you guys find your own happy place here, but do more than scheduled promotion. And this is a note to myself also. And for the love of all that is good in the world, make your offers. You have to start selling. Give your business the chance to do what you set out to do. Be uniquely yourself, be uniquely yourself, and put in the work. I know it sounds so simplified, but I don't know, I think we overcomplicate things. What if what if it could be easier? Remember I talked, I don't know how many episodes back about this whole what if game I did with myself. What if? What if it what if I could do what I wanted to? And that was what I was holding myself back as opposed to doing what I think I had to do. Anyways, you guys get the gist of that. So well, this ended up being longer than I thought. Thanks for sticking with me. As always, I love you guys tons. Check out uh F the Hustle. I also have ready for this, uh, a new free some part email and audio course called email marketing sessions. It is to help you build a list of quality subscribers ready to buy. So if you go to this post, um, it's on the site, you can't miss it. It's on the new homepage at the top. Um, just opt in and get the email marketing sessions. And of course, if you've not left a review on iTunes, it would mean the world to me. And that's all I got for today. So, um, I am signing off until next time.